As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to an hour of our time. This week we talk about the first three new wonders of the world. Um, we're going to talk about Petra Jordan, the Great Wall of China, and Chichen Itza. So stick around and learn some things about the world around you. And remember to rate and review. You will wonder how much it helps. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. I wish I wouldn't have said damn thing. What's the name for the thing? Not conjunctivitis, it's... Uh, <clears throat> oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, what's the... I can't remember. The Ted Nugent disease? Cat <laughs> yeah. scratch fever? Yeah, I don't Trichomoniasis? <clears throat> yeah. That's an STD. Something like that, though. I mean, they're not like they're that filthy. <laughs> Toxoplasmosis, is that what it is? I don't know. They they took it pretty seriously, Maybe. but... I think. Yeah. It ended up not being that big of a deal. Okay. Like when a, when a cat's paw gets on your face <clears throat> and you get, you get like grin and bear it hope for the best might get nasty I, I yeah i just don't it means every surface in your house is that way correct and every surface in my house is three times that way that's why i say hope for the best <laughs> people have cats and they don't get things like that yeah i'm i'm using you know. what's called uh exaggeration for for humor i want to read to you uh this is a post for the columbus dispatch that just happened it's an article Youngstown State University suspended a men's tennis player it found responsible for sexual assault. Two years later, it installed him as an assistant coach of the men's tennis team, and one semester after that, the woman's tennis coach. And we did it, everybody. <laughs> but there's no privilege there. There's no inherent privilege to that. No, no not at all. This guy's jumping around. Clobbing or, clobbering around on the damn floor. He has gotten so demanding. Yeah. He's he yells at me now. Like literally, I'll be in the kitchen. I'll just walk in the door, and he's like, he's <clears throat> cat screaming for his dinner. Yeah. But I can't give it to him because if I do, then I instill the behavior. So I have to like sit and listen to him <laughs> yell at me until he stops. And then when he stops, then, then he gets the food. Classic. Like operant conditioning. Hungry guy. Mickey is on an antibiotic again. Hasn't been for months. And yeah. he is immediately better. 
but I think I'll have to just have that prescription every two weeks forever, which is like $45 every two weeks. Yeah. So I've got him on uh, pain medication for his little arthritis. Yeah. I spend more money on his health care than I do my own. He's been to the dentist more often in the past two years than I have. <laughs> damn, damn cat's eating better than I am. Guy at work. So there's a cat that lives in the shop at work. And uh, the one guy that works there was telling me that he gave the cat a bunch of smoked oysters. And that the cat was really excited and liked them. And I said, <laughs> damn cat's eating better than I am. <laughs> Smoked oysters. What geez. is that from? What is the, the That's what Mark said when we were inside of a giant eagle when we were living together uh, because yeah. we didn't have like any money and ate chicken nugs every night. Dinosaur chicken nugs to be specific. <laughs> we needed to buy some cat food for Henry and I was looking at the bag and it had really nice looking like carrots and vegetables and stuff on the cat food. Big bag. Sliced up salmon. <laughs> and then Mark loudly declared that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, so Mark, <coughs> oh God, Sorry. are we running? Yeah. Oh, we're coughing it up. <clears throat> oh, you know, you got back from your honeymoon. Yeah. I haven't seen you guys since the wedding. Yeah. yeah um, it's been what, like two and a half weeks? Two and a half weeks. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Well said. Um, you did that right at me. <laughs> it was a dry cough. Yeah. I care. No. <laughs> No, but it was great. I appreciate you being there, and uh, yeah, I really <laughs> liked the heartfelt speeches and whatnot. It, it meant a lot to me, and kind of was a good thing to hear. So good. Leanna said I ended my speech awkwardly, which is why so. there were no applause. I started my speech awkwardly. I thought they were both just fine. Yeah, I think they were. And they were good. They were accurate to our personalities. I had no problem with them, but apparently, I ended mine. Awkwardly. I did not think so. Yeah. Anyway. I don't remember how yours ended. I don't It was either. not memorably awkward. I <clears throat> lifted a glass to the the happy couple. Just, you know. Pretty... Oh, you forgot your glass and then I for, I promptly forgot my glass. Yeah. 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 Joe had a woman come up to him at the reception. <laughs> a family member of, of Mark's new wife. Who said, what did she say? Oh, it was at the rehearsal dinner. Oh, it was at the rehearsal dinner. That's right. We were eating dinner. And she might be hearing this right now. So, hello. Hi, Aunt Lynn. She just came (laughs) up and said, not to me, but to Mark, his voice, he doesn't match his voice. But I couldn't understand her. So, we didn't know what that meant, but she listens to the podcast. Yeah. I waited a minute. She's familiar with you guys. But we didn't know this for a while after. And so, Joe had an opportunity to respond without knowing that information. But I approached it by saying, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Please repeat. But then she did clarify, and I remember Joe saying something like, oh. Well, I won't I'll... think about that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> probably got up and went to the bathroom. <laughs> Which is when we learned what she was talking about. Yeah. But I thought it was funny that Joe was gone for five minutes or so, not knowing anything about that. <clears throat> yeah. I had yeah. to go gather myself. Yeah. Uh, so honeymoon, how was that? We went to Sandals Royal Barbados, and it was pretty nice. My man, which um, there were it was very relaxing, tropical. The resort was very fancy. 
although there were some little things that made it not so nice like certain areas smelled like garbage for a little while during the day um michael scott was there i rode a a jet ski okay which i did not like (laughs) no you didn't like that no it was scary and i didn't get good instruction on how to do it they're fun they're they are a little bit intimidating (laughs) yeah so there was a guy on the beach who wasn't affiliated with the resort and you could pay him like 60 bucks to go ride his jet ski for a half an hour so we did that and he was like you you ever done this before no okay well he jumped on the back with me and did it but i felt like i was going way too fast and when i would slow down he would tell me to go faster and then at one point i went too fast and he like freaked out he was saying oh buddy oh buddy and i thought that he was encouraging me but was concerned (laughs) (laughs) well that's a yeah it was just awkward and it made me feel dumb that's his his safety word oh buddy oh buddy oh buddy oh buddy i don't know so we did that we went on a really nice boat cruise to snorkel and see um turtles and go swimming and stuff it wasn't affiliated with the resort and that was probably the best thing that we did had you been snorkeling before no it's it's fun i like it's fun i liked it there's like a little bay where there are a bunch of turtles and some shipwrecks and stuff and the water isn't very deep it's kind of near the beach are they real shipwrecks or did they just throw a bunch of They were real water? shipwrecks. One of them they said was like 90 <laughs> some years old. Oh. And a couple of the other ones were more recent, but they were legitimate shipwrecks with coral and fish and stuff on them. So it was cool to see. That's saw cool. some turtles, saw a little turtle. Little turtle? Little turtle. Did you see a big turtle? Saw a couple of big turtles. Oh man. I guess they were like medium turtles. I saw a stingray when I was snorkeling that I thought was my brother because it was that big. I was about 15. So it was the size of a 12-year-old wow. child. Just a review. You saw small turtles, mm-hmm. medium turtles, and large turtles. And large turtles. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So turtles. Turtles. Yeah. That covers the entire like soda cup <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> I like, yeah. Well, you get any size for a dollar. <laughs> Speaking of covering a spectrum, we are back to our... Wonders of the World series onto the the current, the modern wonders. thought it was worth noting that if you listen to these in order, the most recent one you've listened to, we probably talked a lot about how hot it was and how it was July or August. It's sleeting now. And that is because I forgot that we recorded an episode about the Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, we we have one very out of order. It just got lost to the ether. And now we uncovered it. I would argue fitting for the Bermuda Triangle. Oh shit! And it's, and it's mystery. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Wow, it's plaguing us from afar. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to cover the first set of modern wonders of the world. So let me clarify something first. In starting my research, I learned something somewhat interesting. Well, I hope so. So we already <laughs> talked about the ancient wonders. Yes. And they are not in existence anymore except for the great pyramid of giza so they're not like a thing that people could go see right um in 2000 the year year 2000 there was an organization called the new seven wonders campaign i guess Mm -hmm. and it was a public poll 
out of 200 world landmarks that people could choose a new set of seven wonders and and weren't we going to play this game well i forgot about it so i was just going to say that this what, list what, that what we're going to talk we about we each picked our own seven wonders oh uh, we got part two <clears throat> we do this list that we're going to talk about, let's refer to as the new seven wonders of the world, because apparently there's also a list of seven modern wonders, totally different from these ones that have like the Empire State Building and some more like modern buildings and things on them. But calling the these first Arby's, the, <laughs> calling these the modern wonders doesn't seem totally appropriate either because it goes from the Great Wall of China and the Roman Colosseum, which are still like somewhat ancient things. Well, they're typically referred to as the modern, the marvels of the modern world. Okay. So, well, we can call them whatever you want. I'm just saying there was some confusion when I started that there are also these and then like modern wonders. Yeah. And, and whatever else. These are probably the ones that if you somebody said the the wonders of the world, these are the ones you're going to think of. Yeah. These are the these are the common. Should we do a rundown first of well, what these are? The the voting organization calls them the new wonders. Yes. Then we should. We, I think it calls I, I agree. I think we should probably go with that. If we're going by their list, we should probably go by their. The um, the Seven Wonders Foundation is based in Zurich, and started this poll in the year 2000 and went for several years and was conducted by the Zogby International Group. It's like a poll organization. And uh, it allowed for internet and phone polling. This is considered not an entirely scientific poll in that, you know, by phone people could vote multiple times if they wanted to. So, I mean... It also sways to people who have access to telecommunication yeah, as yeah. well and in different countries kind of campaigned for their own attraction um kind of in a publicity sort of thing for the sake of tourism it cl this claims to be the largest poll on record which <laughs> I, I thought you had that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of amazed if if there were like campaigns in independent nations or, or, or I've never heard of this before. Me neither. That nothing in America made it. Well, you said the Empire State Building. It's a modern, modern wonder in, on a different, like totally different. Oh, list. in this voted poll, there's no American stuff in there. In this voted, you poll, have stuff from much smaller countries. Um, well, these are m more historically significant things so they they had a list that you could choose from essentially there were 200 existing locations and monuments around the world okay that makes more sense the the new seven wonders that one that we're going to talk about are the great wall of china the christ the redeemer statue in rio de janeiro machu picchu in peru chichen itza in mexico the roman Colosseum, the taj mahal and petra which is in jordan um, so the Great Wall didn't make it. The Great Wall this is the first thing I said. Oh shit! Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> um, <laughs> UNESCO comes into this a little bit. UNESCO is the United Nations Education, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, and they kind of are affiliated with some of these sites, but decided to distance itself from this poll um, because 
they kind of felt like each thing should speak for itself and it wasn't really a, a comparison sort of thing. But these winners were announced in 2007. Um, some of the other attractions that were kind of finalists were things like Stonehenge, the Acropolis, uh, Angkor Wat in Cambodia, the Moai in, on Easter Island, Red Square in Moscow, uh, Neuschwanstein Castle in Germany, um, the Sydney Opera House, the Statue of Liberty, and the Eiffel Tower were also on there, and those are some of the most modern but culturally recognizable sure. monuments. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, those are all very modern. Yeah, so they pretty much stuck to, to some more historic things, although I think the Christ the Redeemer statue is probably the most modern. I'm not sure when that was built, but we'll find out probably in the next. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's only a couple hundred years old, if that. If that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, okay. today we're going to talk about. I'm covering the Great Wall of China. I'm going to talk about Chichen Itza. I'm doing uh, the city of Petra. Where to begin? We kind of did it chronologically last time. Mm -hmm. Well, Petra, uh, the area was settled as early as 9000 BC, but actual Petra was built around the 4th century BCE. Well, built, carved, but so let's say 4th gotcha. century BCE. Um, I'm looking at um, between the 5th and 8th century BCE is the start of this. Okay. So around the same time. Chichen Itza was settled between... 400 and 600 AD, depending on well, your source. So I think, Joe, you're probably the... I would be the oldest. Oh, okay. As far as the actual, uh, not the civilization, but the wonder itself, <clears throat> yeah, you're, you got the oldest one there. So the Great Wall of China, um, guess what? They don't call it that in China. What do they call it? It has a lot of different <laughs> names. The What seems to be the most common in like the in antiquity was the long wall. But in China, it was often referred to in more modern times as the 10,000 li long wall. And this is not super modern times because a li is an how antiquated... Many, how many guys named Li have to lie head to foot? <laughs> oh, God. Um, a li is an antiquated form of measurement comparable to a mile or a kilometer okay. in China. It's roughly a third of a mile suggesting that the Great Wall of China is around 3,000 miles long, which is way off. Um, is it more or less? It is way more, but we didn't know that until about 2007. Huh. So let's talk about the history here. Um, to understand the Great Wall of China, or the 10,000 Li Long Wall, you have to understand a lot about Chinese history, which I do not. Um, I have a cursory knowledge now, but... Uh, I will try to be brief in kind of an overview fashion here. So somewhere around between the 5th and 8th century BCE, so 23, 2500 years ago, somewhere in that range, could be more than that, could be 2800 years ago, um, there were walls that were starting to be built in China, but they weren't to keep, they weren't so much to keep outsiders out. It was because at that time, China was a, combination of feudal states that were trying to separate from each other so they were basically setting up their own borders 
and protecting themselves from their neighbors. Um, and those walls, most of them are gone now. There are still some, and they find some from time to time. But the reason that they're mostly gone is that those walls were made with uh, what was called rammed earth. They would just take wet mud. They would pack it down in between layers of gravel or reeds or wood um, and then let it dry. And it would stack, you know, 15, 20 feet high. And that would make these walls. Obviously, those deteriorate very quickly. But those are the original walls that make up this, the origins of the Great Wall. Um, but in around 220, 221 BCE, when Qi Xing Huang, I'm probably getting that a little wrong, um, became the em first emperor of China, he unified the country. So he unified these, these feudal states. And um, because of that, they found that these walls were pretty much unnecessary. So he had some parts of the walls taken down, other parts refortified, and new parts of walls built with the main goal to protect themselves from aggressors in the north. They knew that the Tibetan plateau to the west and the Pacific Ocean feeding into the Yellow Sea to the east and south, um, yeah, that's right, geographically, yeah, what were natural borders, but the north, the mountains in the north were where they were vulnerable, which they'll find they were right. Um, so they spend time building up parts of those walls. Um, in order to do that, they enlist three types of people in society to do it. And I say enlist because it's not by choice. What three types of people do you think built this wall? Probably, uh, is it a, a classing like the poor? One is the poor. One is peasant, the lowest peasant class. Okay. Got two more. Women and children? Nope. Soldiers? Soldiers, because it's a defense mechanism. Uh, criminals. 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 So it wasn't uh, uncommon, sure. like in Game of Thrones, to be sentenced to time spent at the wall, building the wall. And it was extremely treacherous. A lot of people died building this wall. So most scholars say it was in the hundreds of thousands. Some put that number up to a million. The most common number I could find from legitimate sources was around 400,000. They think died. Um, and the legend is many of them are buried within the wall. Now, to my understanding, they had never actually found a body within the wall as they were discovering these things. Um, but there were a lot of mass graves suggesting that people died from starvation, from exhaustion, and from just general accidents. In building mass the wall. graves nearby. Nearby the wall. The side of the wall. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Um, Over how long of a time was this being worked on during this? Um, so... This would be for a couple hundred years. Okay. And then the Han Dynasty that came in after this first emperor of China um, continued the same practice of using peasants and soldiers and criminals to do this. Um, and they expanded the wall another 3,700 miles. So um, by this point, you, you've got a pretty, pretty long wall. I think if you combine all that, probably in the, in the four to 5,000 mile range at that point. That's a damn long yeah. wall but in those you know you know hundreds close to a thousand years having you know imagining a million people dying to make that wall it's certainly possible given the yeah, conditions that makes sense. yeah it's not like building the railroad over a couple <clears throat> decades or whatever yeah now the people that they were afraid of they in the north they're trying to um, protect themselves from were the Zhongnu, the mongols and the turkish Think about the Zhang Nu and the Mongols is that they were really good at doing two things. 
I'm riding with those two Kicking things. Kicking ass and chewing gum. Yeah, absolutely. They were good at riding horses, and they were good at shooting arrows And at the same time. They were not uh, an agrarian culture, so they hunted a lot. So very good at that. Mm. So they are a formidable opponent. Walls are a good defense against a horse-bound The attacker. Mongols were so fast and agile that they would sweep into a city, take what they needed, kill people, and then yeah. get leave. They were literally raiders. They weren't conquerors so much. Although, when we get to Genghis Khan, we'll find you know, the opposite, but they were raiders. Very now, I've so. heard it's Genghis Khan or Genghis Khan? Chinggis. 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 I think is the... Genghis Khan? Sounds dumb, but I think it's the new... I don't say it's that to correct you. It's probably still wrong. I don't say that to correct you. I'm just... Just something I've Steve. heard, and I was looking for uh, clarification. I don't know the answer to that. But I can say that in the 13th century, so uh, the, uh, in, in the in the 13th century, in the 1200s, there were uh, several sets of Mongol invaders, including Chinggis Khan and his grandson, Kublai Khan, who both were able to get over the wall and conquer China and take over the country. And get their DNA into, like, everybody's 23 and me, basically. Pretty much, yeah. They did this a lot around the world. Uh, well, in this part of the world. Um, eventually, the Mongols were defeated and taken out of China. And this is where the Ming Dynasty comes from. So in 1368, the Ming Dynasty comes into power. And the big goal in the Ming Dynasty is to rebuild, refortify, and expand the wall. They expanded another 5,500 miles. They do a lot of other things, though. Um, like what happened in the Han Dynasty, but especially in the Ming Dynasty, Dynasty, they start building more and more with brick and stone. So when you see, if you imagine pictures you've seen of the Great Wall, or you see um, sometimes they have some re, uh, restored areas of it, yeah. that is from the Ming Dynasty. It's the newest, and it also lasts the longest. For one, it's age, but also because of the material it was used to, uh, to build it. And they, for forever, they wondered, how are these bricks staying together for a thousand years? They took apart the plaster, and the secret ingredient is rice. Oh. It's very strong. Like when you, you get like, you make some, you make dinner one night, and you forget to do the dishes, and the next day, it's like a real bitch to clean that bowl. Yeah, it's like the oatmeal I had yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say, they should build walls with oatmeal. Uh, you Absolutely. <laughs> totally worked. Um they not only built 5,500 miles of wall, they also built around 25,000 watchtowers. And they developed a system of using smoke and fire, so smoke during the day, fire at night, to send communications along the wall. And in modern reconstructions, they found that those communications could be so fast that they could send a message at over 20 miles an hour, which is pretty impressive. Um, there were also fortifications within the wall now with openings for archers and openings where you could drop like boulders and stuff, much like what we would see in medieval castles in England. Okay. Uh, very similar to, to that. Another good example of people have the same problem. They come to a similar solution. Yeah. I just watched the two towers the other day. It's a good movie. <clears throat> There's a lot of that. The question we had is they built Helm's deep in the corner of a mountain. Yeah. Which seems very dumb. Because typically, like, if you think, like, the movie 300, you want to get people, like, coming through a narrow passageway. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to give them a big opening. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like the wall in Game of Thrones, right? Like, the opening is very, very small. Yeah, so exactly. if you have attackers, you're funneling through a little tunnel. Yeah. That's just something I was thinking about. But anyway. I remember hearing at one point, maybe on some TV show or something, that the 
Great Wall, the more modern portion of it at least, has kind of like a, a road built on top of it. So you can, until recently, they let people drive on it. It is now outlawed. They used to have raves on it. That's also outlawed. You can't take bricks from it anymore either. All of those things became outlawed in the last ooh, decade or two. Okay. Um, during the Ming Dynasty, when, when most of the, these well-fortified areas of the wall were built, the wall averaged around 23 feet in height and 21 feet in width. Um, at its thickest and tallest, there are sections that are 26 feet high and 30 feet thick. So you got a lot of wall here. It's a pretty big wall, but it's not as tall as I would have imagined. Something else to know. When I say 5,500 miles of wall, probably less than half of that is actual wall. That also accounts for the other things that they built, like trenches and natural uh, fortifications. So like building, so you'd hit a river, things mm. like that. So a lot of this, and that's why it took so long to determine exactly how long the fortification is, because you have to take into account the things like trenches and natural boundaries that they were building into, like mountains and rivers. That's another important thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, well, fortunately, the wall was very effective, but it wasn't um, insurmountable. There were several attacks by the Manchu clans during the early 1600s. And in 1644, Manchu clans finally overthrew the Ming Dynasty and they established the Qing Dynasty. And in doing so, they incorporated Mongolia, which expanded the borders beyond the wall. So the wall became obsolete. And obviously the the Mongols didn't really like the wall or what it stood for. So they just let it fall into disrepair. They didn't tear it down. They just didn't do anything with it. So they largely let it kind of rot, which is where we are kind of with it now. When Chairman Mao came into power and the the, the um, Cultural Revolution happened, that same thing happened. To the Chinese at the time, the, the wall represented a time when they were very isolated and it seemed backwards. They were kind of embarrassed by it. So they allowed people to just take the bricks so they could build new homes with it basically dismantled it as they needed. Um, And it wasn't until the 80s that they started formal restoration and preservation practices. So um, only about a third of the Ming um, wall remains as it was. And the other parts that came before that uh, are, are, you know, most of it is gone. Um, Yeah. That's kind of a common theme among these... uh, well, the ancient wonders, how we would talk about how a, a, an earthquake brought it down or whatever. And then they would just like cannibalize the, the resources to build other things. Like right. when the, uh, 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 during the crusades, when guys came in and just used different stuff to build like their own castles and everything. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it makes sense. It uh, does. And if you want to like allow the past to serve the present and maybe using those bricks to build homes is a sensible thing. It just depends on how you look at historical monuments versus practicality. Yeah. I'll also mention that uh, there's that old wives tale that you can see the great wall of China from space. It's a fallacy largely started by Robert Ripley in the thirties. Um, you can see the great wall from low earth orbit, but you can also see other highways and things like that because you're in low Earth orbit. That's not outer space. Um, it was also reported to be the only man-made structure you could see from space, but the pyramids of Giza, you can see from space. Um, and once we got to the moon, 
we, you know, looked. You can't see it. <laughs> That's a real thing. Thank you, Robert Ripley. I don't believe it. Nope. I definitely don't. Because now we know. He doesn't care, though. I mean, he was just saying you could see it from space. Wouldn't other people go like, we've never been to space. Like, how would you know that? <laughs> you said it was in the 30s? I think it was in the 30s, yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I mean, if you read a lot of the Ripley stuff from the you know early 20th century, it's a lot of nonsense i can see it from a plane so i'm yeah go not that much higher again at its peak it's like 26 feet tall it's not a big object but apparently if it snows you can you can like low earth orbit you can easily see the the perimeter yeah because of the structure itself and it's one of the few if not like the only man-made structure i can think of that is usually on a globe where it's like, like traced on a globe. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know if so that's interesting. That. Yeah. It's on this one over here. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think that's. Uh, oh, how big? How long is the Great Wall? In 2007, China decided it's time for us to actually answer this question. GPS is available now. There's a we, guy with a, like a the wheel on the stick with the ticker. They actually did it's modern surveying along. methods to determine how long it is if you count all the areas they've been finding. Um, if you count natural boundaries, you count trenches. It's around 13,000 miles. It's very big. Long so the 10,000 Li Long Wall Damn. estimated at a little over 3,000. They were quite a bit off. Damn, wall. <laughs> Damn, wall. That's a wall-ass wall. <laughs> Not a tall-ass wall, though. The goal was to make no. it around three times the size of a person. And we're talking about people, you know, over a thousand years ago and an area of the world where you weren't drinking a lot of milk. So three times the size of a person is like 14 or 15 feet. Mm-hmm. My point being, that is pretty tall given their needs. Now it doesn't seem that needs. big because people, yeah, because people are taller now in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not trying to insult the dietary practices of culture. I'm just saying people were shorter. No, then. people were shorter a yeah. thousand years. Absolutely. I just got back from looking at mummies and people were shorter then. There's yeah, well documented. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you were the one who told us, I think we were talking about ancient civilizations for the first time. It's actually, re- it's starting to revert back people because of, shorter? because of poor nutrition. Like mm. people are, are certain people, not, not, not everybody, but there's people with certain dietary practices that are actually, they're generation generationally shorter Yeah, as time goes on. So, all right. So. Uh, the next chronological thing, I guess, is uh, the city of Petra in Jordan. Mm-hmm. It is in southwest Jordan, um, and it is built on a terrace uh, on the Valley of Moses. And this is supposed to be one of the areas where Moses struck the rock and water gushed out. Gush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's like, you know, if if you believe in that kind of mythology, it's pretty believable. Like there's this like just this like gully looking thing between these two rocks hmm. um it is sandstone it is somewhat rose colored so it's some sometimes called the rose red city or the rose city or something like that interesting uh i get a lot of nicknames for it um 
to give some more context as to what Petra is, I'm sure we've all seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, I get all those movies conflated because I didn't watch them as a kid. And when I watched them like as an adult, I didn't pay enough attention. Okay. I need to go back and watch Indiana Jones. So The Last Crusade, a lot of people say it's the best one. It's my favorite one. This is the Sean Connery it's one. It's my favorite, too. The Sean Connery one, okay, yes. It's probably the one I know the least well. It's the one where Sean Connery gets taken captive. Indiana Jones has to go find him. It's We're back with the Nazis, and it's the uh, the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Whereas the first one is the Ark of the Covenant. And the second one is pulling somebody's heart out of their chest? The second one the Temple it, of Doom. is the Temple of Doom. It's It's... It's back in time, and it's more like a, a. It's more in the serial genre, of like, he's dealing with the thuggies in India. Mm, okay. Yeah, so he's he's living it living it up in the city and doing his whole. So story-wise, thing, and happens, then he ends up in India. It happens before the events in the first one. Correct. Are you sure? I think that's right. Yes. Yeah, I know that one of them has it's like a, a flashback. It's a beginning. prequel, okay? Because he's he's still in the city. I don't I don't know if he's a doctor yet. I don't know if he's a professor or whatever. He might be a doctor of archaeology. Yeah, Raiders is the one I know best. Yeah, I've seen the other ones, but Temple of Doom I probably saw in like in high school, but kind of randomly. Temple Last of Doom. Crusade I watched in high school too. I remember watching it in an English class for some. Temple of reason. Doom feels like an amusement ride made into a movie. Yeah, it is not popular. Uh, better than crystal skull it's better than crystal skull but people generally don't like it very much it's very silly it's got the woman in it uh, whose whose name escapes me but i think she was like married to steven spielberg Mm. and she just is just the worst version of a female character just like andy like it's a whole stupid Ah, shit where you have like marion in the first one who's this great character and then she's replaced in a prequel i I They, they bring her back though in the Crystal Skull. Crystal yeah. Skull. He's found her very attractive. Anyway, Crusade. Last Crusade. <laughs> it ends in what they call Alex, Alexandretta. It's actually Petra. Okay. Um, I, I remember that Petra was in the movie, but I was like, well, when are they going to get to Petra? Because they're in, they're in Turkey. They actually film it there? Yes. Interesting. A lot of things have been filled, filmed at Petra, in one specific part of Petra, mm. mind you. Um, so you might be thinking, Petra, that's that rock face that looks, you know, like a temple or whatever. You walk through... I need to look this up because I don't You walk through that. a space between two rocks and then you have that rock face and that's what Petra is. Petra is an, an entire city. Interesting. Mostly carved out of a rock face. And then there's caverns and caves and everything inside of it where people would live. The rock face that people think of when you search Petra is called the treasury, but it's actually, that's it. It's actually a tomb. It's not a treasury at all. And in the last crusade, they go in and if you walk in there, unfortunately, there's no puzzles or big blades or lion heads or, or floors that will break if you don't spell Jehovah correctly. You don't know. (laughs) Not heard. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but it's actually just like a little space in there. It's a tomb. Um, Interesting. There's a bunch of other stuff there. And there, the history goes much deeper than just, well, they carved this cool thing in a rock. And then what'd they do that for? So they so, carved a bunch of stuff into rocks. It's oh. ha- it's had a few names. Petra is the most uh, 
sustaining one. Petra is a Greek word. What do you think it means? Archway and a side of a mountain. What do you think? Petra in, in Greek. Hey, uh, look at that. <laughs> it means rock. Rock? Okay. Rock. They walked in there and went, rock. <laughs> Cajon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Box. Um, now, it would, in its at its peak, it would uh, house 30,000 people during the Roman Empire. They had an irrigation system that was extremely advanced, uh, and they had agriculture. Now, this is in s- the south of Jordan. I was say, is, it's pretty much the desert. This is an arid desert. They were able to irrigate it through just advanced archae- uh, architectural means. Where do they pull in the water? At the Red Sea? That part I'm not sure. Now, it's near the Dead Sea. Mm. And a lot of the reason that it looks the way it does now and why it is somewhat dilapidated uh, and all the rocks are smoothed over is because it's very salty air coming from the Dead Sea. But now, you, where where the water is coming from, I can't speak to necessarily. Because you couldn't water crops with water from the Dead Sea. It's right. Too, too so, I'm not really sure. Hmm. But wherever that water is coming from, they're using it very uh, um, efficiently. Do you know what culture lived in this place? I do. Okay. So it was originally settled, like I said earlier, around 9,000 BCE, but we know the Edomites inhabited the area starting around 1200 BCE. Have you ever heard of the Edomites? No. I had not either. Um, Edom is a place south of the Dead Sea. They, they're the descendants of Esau, who was Jacob's brother. Okay. Is this ringing a bell? Uh, I, well, I know who Jacob was. So he's the founder of Israel. Mm-hmm. His brother Esau... Uh, they, I guess they didn't get along. The, the people who came from Esau were, were anti-Israelite. Uh, but those are the Edomites. So they, cra- they clashed with the Israelites. They actually denied Moses' passage through their area, their, what, what, what would be Petra later on. Uh, so the original anti-Zionists. Essentially, yeah. 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 Um, just an interesting fact here. They eventually became the Edomians. Uh, converted to Judaism over the centuries, and King Herod actually descends from the Edomians. Oh, okay. So, if you think about the Roman Empire coming through, he was actually he, coming from the Edomites many centuries earlier. He actually became the ruler in that area. Interesting. Herod, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. So, let's get back to Petra. Edom was conquered by the Nebataeans. And they built the city there in the 4th century. They made it the capital of their kingdom. Nebataeans. Nebataeans, yes. Uh, They were nomadic Arabs that ended up taking residence in the area. So this came back to the people who lived, you know, actual Middle Eastern people. Um, Not that it wasn't that before, but I mean, it, it wasn't like... It didn't initially involve a foreign party coming in and conquering it. They were just people in the area that eventually grew to the power that they were able to conquer the city and build a kingdom. Got it. Um, The reason it was an important city is that it was at the junction of a bunch of caravan routes. So it was the center of spice trade, frankincense, myrrh. The Silk Road ran through it? It did not say specifically the Silk Road, but that could have been part of it. Because one thing I didn't mention about the Great Wall, and this might relate to Petra, is that one thing it was used for also during i believe the ming dynasty maybe earlier than that was to protect like give guidance and offer some like protection to people going through the silk road so they could maintain a trade route 
Uh, yes, it is on the Silk Road. Good call. I don't know why I'm looking at you. Mm. I just thought you had something to say about that. Yeah. No, Silk Road just makes me think of like bath salt and Bitcoin. Did you see our, you didn't come to Coastside to see our Silk Road exhibit. Was that, what was that like? It was fantastic. You missed it. It's pretty cool. Now Ancient Silk Road? Yeah. Now you'll never know. Oh. Fucked up. Damn it, Mark. <laughs> um, anyway, for a nomadic tribe, these Nebateans knew a whole hell of a lot about building the city out of rock. Apparently. Uh, shit is amazing. <laughs> um, I was listening to a podcast about this uh, called um, Notorious Narratives, I think. They did a, an overview of it. Mm-hmm. But what they said, what they found was that um, the way that they built it, and if you look at pictures of Petra, it's very easy to find all this information, at least what it looks like. They would climb to the top of the rock on either side of the Valley of Moses, and they would start carving from the top. And they'd like put pins in the walls with a plank of wood that they got from trading or whatever, because there's no wood around there and they would carve it. And then the debris would fall down and they would make that into like roadways. So if you think of like a native American using every part of the deer, this is like them using every part of the rock. Oh, and then they would go down a little bit, carve out the holes that they left with the pins. And then they'd be left with this structure that they carved out of the, out of the, out of the sound sandstone. So they basically had like, scaffolding essentially yeah but they started it was just a little bit at a time so they didn't build a scaffold ahead of time they would go they would do it it as they go like the opposite of of a mountain climber a lot of people die doing this I couldn't find a lot of information about that it's hard because it was in the fourth century BCE just so to say how long did it take who helped Mm -hmm. what I I assume that's conjecture as to like how they actually built it. Uh, How do you know that for sure? Yeah. I mean, that's what makes the great wall so different. Their origins started around the same time, but it was built over, you know, 1500 years. Yeah. So how much written record is there? And, and the reason that we don't know a lot about it will be uh, clear in a minute. Um, I got this from Britannica.com. This is a nice uh, paragraph that kind of sums everything up. Uh, The Nebatean. So this is fourth century when they built it. Um, the Nebateans were defeated by the Romans in 106 CE, uh, or B, uh, um, BCE, sorry. Petra became part of the Roman province of Arabia. That's when it, I think it changed names to Petra at that point when the Romans came in. What was it before that? Um, it was a biblical name that escapes me at the moment. Okay. But, um, in the Bible, I think it's called the, um, the cleft in the rock something like that because of the pathway that leads to the, the treasury. Gotcha. Which I will tell you what the name is in a moment. Um, uh, became the Roman province of Arabia, Arabia continued to flourish until changing trade routes caused its gradual commercial decline. After an earthquake damaged the city in 551, there's those earthquakes again with our wonders of the world. Significant habitation seems to have ceased then there was an Islamic invasion, which occurred in the 7th century, and a crusader outpost is evidence of activity there in the 12th century. Because mm-hmm. of all the trade routes, the invasions, the changing of hands, you get Hellenistic carvings, you get Byzantine carvings, you get a lot of people bringing a lot of expertise to the area. So that maybe that's where the irrigation came from. Other people came from other places, Sure, um, taught them how to do that. Uh, it's It's another one of these things where people say like, how could ancient people have figured out how to do this? It's another, like, yeah. how do they build the pyramids? They, they have 
they figure it out. They look at a thing and they use engineering skills. People have always been able to do this. They just didn't have computers. And to your point, ideas travel just at a different rate. Yeah. Yeah. But like somebody could have been smart enough in the fourth century to know how to carve something out of rock and figure out how to do it and understand how gravity works without knowing what it's called. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, that's another one of the things. Also, I got Rakmu, R-A-Q-M-U. That sounds familiar. Yes. I've never heard that before. Um, so after the Crusades in the 12th century, the, the city fell out of use. It was, it was obsolete because the, the trade routes had evolved past it. People weren't passing through anymore. There's no reason to live there. And if you live inside of where they built in the rock, you're safe from earthquakes. I think that was part of the design of it. But they built out of there. There, there was whole cities outside of that that they, that they moved a rock to build. Earthquakes brought all that stuff down. Mm. And if there's nobody there to fix it or if it's, that, it's really hard to fix, people eventually just move out. So 30,000 people eventually, they're gone. Uh, so it lay quiet for like 600 years, 700 years. Um, until 1812 when the Swiss guy, Johann L- Ludwig Burkhardt, he went under disguise. He dressed like a native person tricked somebody into taking him to the lost city and then he took word back and eventually europeans came and started excavating mm. now to date 15 percent of what is petra has been excavated only 15 only 15 percent. still a bunch of it is underground because sand moves real fast yeah uh relative to other areas right is it going to get bare everything gets buried under sand and dirt and then whatever vegetation is there starts to grow on top of it. You don't know what's actually under there. So they have satellite imagery and, and radar and, you know, like fish finder technology, whatever you call that. What they do in Jurassic Park when he, like, shows the raptor <laughs> skeleton. The kid goes, looks like a big turkey. Yeah. Um, it's like that. In 2016, they made a new discovery of this giant platform that isn't like anything else. But they can date it based on the Hellenistic uh, pottery around it. So they're still finding stuff and there's probably going to still continue to find stuff with sure. different radio imagery and things like that. Uh, you mentioned UNESCO earlier. Uh, it was uh, announced or, or deemed uh, an historical site in 1985 by UNESCO. A lot of tourists come through. Um, it's under a lot of restrictions so that it doesn't fall down essentially uh, with the Dead Sea air and all the sand blowing around and everything, it's really weakening the structures. And people are, are making more of an effort since the 2000s, similar to what you said, to preserve it so it doesn't collapse. Sandstone isn't very... It's soft. Rigid either. Mm-hmm. It's probably easy to erode or carve in the first place. Definitely, yes. Um, let me look at a couple of things that i pulled up i mentioned something you talked about yeah. the sand that's covering it one thing i didn't mention about the great wall said a lot of it is gone the truth is a lot of it is probably just covered because the desert in the northern part of china currently is growing by a, a million acres a year that's how fast sand moves jesus yeah um i mentioned frankincense frankincense myrrh and spices uh, annexed by the Roman Empire. I mentioned that. Oh, the large earthquake in 363 AD destroyed much of the city. Um, you can go to the Petra website and get a lot of uh, really great information. 
such as inside Petra. So the locations in Petra include Bab al-Sikh, which is the gateway to the Sikh. Uh, there's a dam that was renovated in 1964. Um, the actual Sikh is that passageway through the rocks that I mentioned that opens up to the treasury, mm. the most famous example of Petra architecture. Um, there's, so all of these structures are within a valley area, right? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the valley has different different widths at different points. But yeah, uh, I mean, they just sort of just built out from that area. Uh, there's the street of facades. There's a theater that could house 6,000 people carved out of the rock. That's insane. And they didn't move anything to build it. They truly just carved it out. It's an amphitheater. It looks not unlike the Colosseum. So a pure example of subtractive manufacturing here. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Yes. Um, a kid told me that, you know, someday they're going to be able to 3D print apples that you can eat, to which I said, the earth I can already, already eat apples. Yeah, the earth already does that. So <laughs> give me that big slab of con. Give, give me that big slab of marble so I can break it down into little pieces. I'm going to make a sculpture of a big slab of marble. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> Stupid um, child. <laughs> there's a bunch of tombs a lot of the things that people look at that are built into the mountain and think like oh this was a nice residence it's a bunch of tombs hmm. uh, we'll talk about the Taj Mahal that's a big tomb as well um, unless I'm mistaken but there's temples there's all these it's a big ass place and there's a lot of things and they've only discovered you know 15% of it but just it's the, you know between this and the, the pyramids of Giza, pyramid of Giza and the great wall, you think of these things like, obviously they're wonders of the world. How could they not be just based on human innovation and just, just brilliant architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, if nothing else from my little piece here, just to make sure people understand that it's more than the thing from Indiana Jones, it is really a significant, not only historical, but also just architectural feat. Yeah. It's really impressive. Ask Petra. There you go. Mark. Okay. I'm going to talk about Chichen Itza. Have you heard about this? You know about this? Yeah. That's from the fourth Indiana Jones movie, if I'm not mistaken. That one I did not see. Or is that in Peru? Mm, I don't remember. Remember where the aliens come out of the thing? Yeah. I don't remember. I saw it I, when it came out in theaters. I think it's supposed to look like Chichen Itza. Yeah. Just like uh, at the end of one of the mummy movies. And they're on there. It's something that's probably supposed to look like Chichen Itza. Anyway. Well, I got my information from the UNESCO website. Oh. Um, Chichen Itza is a pre-Hispanic Mesoamerican city in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. The country of Mexico is kind of shaped like a backwards J. And the Yucatan Peninsula is kind of near the, the tip where it curves. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's in the southern if part you're of lucky. Mexico. It was uh, originally settled between the uh, a bunch of different dates for this, so bear with me. Uh, the UNESCO website says that Chichen Itza was settled between 410 and 455 A.D., 
One other site that I looked at said anywhere between 400 and 600 AD. Um, I really like learning about Mesoamerican stuff. It's very interesting and kind of weird, but also mysterious because we still don't know very much about it. Um, the area's first settlers were of Mayan descent or a division of a different tribe of Mayan. Right. Um, they settled in this site because of its location. It's near two cenotes. Uh, a cenote is a, a large sinkhole of in the limestone, and they fill with fresh water. In this area of Mexico, they're the primary source of fresh water for whoever might happen to live there. So this was an important strategic location to have a city because of its built-in water supply. Um, and it provided the settlement with a reliable source of water, and it gave the town its name, um, Chichen Itza, which, which means at the edge of the well of the Itzes. This word is I-T-Z-A-E-S. And it's unknown if the this it, Itzes refers to Mayan or Toltec people. Because um, later on, um, over the years, construction of Chichen Itza kind of changed, indicating that another group might have taken it over. Mm. We'll get to more of that. There are many stone temples and other buildings on the site, uh, characteristic of Mayan architecture. Uh, But in the late 10th century, Chichen Itza was supposedly conquered by the Toltecs from the more northern plateau region of central Mexico. Um, the Mayan translation for the Toltec leader's name is Kukulkan, which some people may have heard of before. Um, over the years, construction of Chichen Itza led to a unique and interesting fusion of Mayan and Toltec styles and influences. Um, and Chichen Itza is considered the most important archaeological site of the Mayan and Toltec civilizations in the Yucatan, and it influenced the entire Yucatan area and other cities and settlements that were there. Uh, so there are a lot of carved murals on walls and decorations that depict certain elements of their religion or mythology. Um, at Chichen Itza, there's a huge, it's like some 200 foot long, it's a ball court for a ceremonial game that they play. Hmm. Um, a lot of the Mayan culture, particularly, and I would suppose the Toltec as well, revolved around war and conquest of other areas. So some of the games and ceremonies that they had were more violent or war-based they had a game that was kind of like soccer where you had to move a ball around and get it through a, a vertical hoop on a wall. And they have a sounds like basketball, a stadium to do this. Hmm. Well, you, you weren't allowed to touch it with your hands. You had to oh. like bop it with your hip or knee or whatever to get the ball to move around. Some accounts say that they played this with human skulls. I don't know if that happened Hmm. all the time. Um, The structures at Chichen Itza include the Temple of Kukulkan, the Temple of the Warriors, the Great Ball Court, which I just mentioned, a Tsompatli, 
uh, which is a a ceremonial rack that holds skulls and is a common feature in many Mayan cities, apparently. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's called a skull wall. It's just like a whole fucking rack of skulls. Skull wall, Paul Wall. <laughs> There's the Jaguar Temple, the House of Eagles. Um, there's a group of 1,000 columns, Tomb of the High Priest, um, this thing called El Caracol, which is a stellar observatory with a spiral staircase inside of it. Um, El Castillo is a 79-foot-tall pyramid with a total of 365 steps per side. A lot of these structures are very, very precisely oriented with the cardinal directions, or certain astrological astronomical features. So ca- is Chichen Itza a city? It's a it's a whole city. Okay, the Castillo it. is what people usually think of, though, right? Because that's what I thought yeah. was Chichen Itza. So the the Mayans and Toltecs and Aztecs to a degree or whatever built stepped pyramids, and there are many sites that are similar to Chichen Itza, but Chichen Itza is one of the more well known and larger more well-studied sites. Um, there are other places like um, Uxmal and Tulum, I think, where they have pyramids and stuff that you can go see, but Chichen Itza is a whole city. And mm-hmm. kind of from what I said before, the the distinct, okay, this is Mayan stuff, this is probably Toltec stuff, tells an archaeological expert a lot about both cultures. So that's probably the other reason why this is so important. Um, no other construction seems to have occurred at Chichen Itza after the 13th century, and the city quickly declined and was abandoned by the mid-1400s, before the time that the Spanish arrived. Hmm. Um, at Chichen Itza, I guess there was also a legendary cult of the cenote, it involved sacrificing people and other things to the rain god. So within the last couple decades, an archaeologist, an archaeologist went into the cenote that's near there and found a bunch of skulls and bones and stuff that people threw in there. Um, the site was not excavated until 1841. The architecture and art forms of Chichen Itza that survived were rediscovered pretty much because of the materials and the techniques that were used. If they weren't, if they were not put together in the durable way that they were, they would have fallen down. Um, I watched a show not that long ago about the discovery of another ancient Mayan pyramid that had been completely consumed by the jungle. Like it was covered in dirt and and grown over. Mm. And unless you were looking for it specifically, could not have known that it was there. They did some kind of like ground penetrating radar thing from an airplane and saw the base of it in an image and then went and investigated. And there was like a whole pyramid buried there. Um, is it it's made of limestone? What I don't know it? if it's made of... I, I would assume that it's made out of limestone. 
the cenotes are in limestone. Limestone is porous, and it caused these sinkholes to just kind of erode and then expand. Um, but the the pyramid itself, I don't know. Um, this uh, this area was protected by law in 1972 and was formalized as an archaeological monument by a presidential decree in 1986. The site is open 365 days a year and receives thousands of visitors per, per day. Uh, the website that I looked at said that it could get up to 8,000 visitors per day during the busy season. Like, it would be cool to go to a place like this, and I would love to see it, but not with 8,000 other people. Um, and it became a, a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1988. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Well. So another thing where people think it's the, just the one. I definitely thought that about both of those. I, th I thought that as well. I thought Chichen Itza was the name of the pyramid. Yep. Yep. It's the name of the whole settlement. And I used to have a book that had um, diagrams of archae Mayan archaeological things in it. And they kind of structured their city somewhat like a modern city where there was the the main pyramid that was like the the cultural center where they did rituals and the king would appear and all this other stuff. And there was a, an open courtyard kind of thing in the middle and then other structures off to either side that expanded out so the the mines although we don't know a whole lot about them were pretty sophisticated for a a new world type of civilization without the knowledge from europe and all this other stuff yeah so i don't know i i think that that's pretty cool yeah, they great. did a lot of uh, astronomical calculations and had a complex calendar and mathematics system too. That is testament to this kind of thing. Uh, to answer your question about the water, they yeah. would they would collect rainwater. Oh, and certain times of the certain times of the year, the area would be prone to flooding. So they found ways of saving that water and using it throughout the year. Interesting. Okay. Well, those are our first three wonders. Which yeah. ones will we be talking about next time? Uh, Christ the Redeemer. Yep. Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. And Machu Picchu. Isn't there a... The Colosseum as well. The Colosseum. Yeah. Oh, so the Pyramid of, G Pyramid of Giza is not on this list? It's not on this list. It, it has kind of an honorary status. Okay. Because it's it's an ancient wonder and also kind of like another wonder. Okay. But they don't include it in this list. I think I was thinking of the, the other list that you were talking about where it doubles up, where it gets to be an ancient and a modern. But this is, we're working with a specific list here. So yeah. that's my mistake. Okay. Well. Because it's the, it's the only one that's still around of the ancient wonders, right? Yes. So it could technically have made it on both lists. Right. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Well, next time we will have the remainder of the list, and we will also have a fun time picking our own modern wonders. Yeah. All right. At that, thank you for listening. Please rate and review. Do it. Bye. See you next time. Welcome to an hour of our time. 
This week, we're going to talk about our, uh, so, <laughs> something or other. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened to the Oneaters. <laughs> the land of Lincoln. Welcome to an hour of our time. This week, we're going to talk about Captain the... Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> That's the band they are in the movie. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau and the Freshwater Pearls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Dave. I'm Joe. I wonder what happened to the O'Neaters. You're right. That didn't feel. That didn't feel good. <laughs> Remember to rate. You played it too fast. <laughs> it's too fast. <laughs> Why did you say that? Well, back in Erie, PA, we used to stay up way later than 9 p.m. This one over here, nursing a beer. A major blonde in a major car just came to pick you up. Call me the wolf. <laughs> wolf oh, wolf man, too scary. <laughs> I gotta watch this movie. You have, know you have what you need? <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 